Hello everyone, welcome to the Brain Cage podcast. This is Shan and we are here because we sense the urgency of healing, growth and change. Our goal with this company and podcast is to bring you tools and inspiration so we together can create a flourishing world both inwardly and outwardly for ourselves and generations to come. My guest for today is a teacher, an author and a Sufi mystic, Zaheer Khan. He is here in the house today to share his love and wisdom with us all. This conversation is our attempt to demystify and normalize truth-seeking, soul-searching, aka spirituality. With that said, enjoy my exchange with the singular Zaheer Khan. I am going through your content uh, since uh, morning. Mm-hmm. And you're quite well versed in uh, kind of this art of messing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the self sabotage things. Pretty like good. Like to yeah. mess up uh-huh. a lot. Yeah, although you don't um, mess up. What I yeah. noticed, like he's talking about messing up, but he's not messing up in in any of the conversations. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I think what it is is, um, I think it, it's kind of weird because you don't really get a, a will in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so because you don't really get a will in this thing, um, you, despite your best efforts, it still keeps going. So like I was joking around with this guy who does my YouTube videos for me, does like the editing and stuff. And I literally turned around and said, um, you know, despite my best efforts, this stuff mm-hmm. is still growing. And he was like, congratulations, um, because there's not really a personal will involved in this kind of work. You know, if this was a job, it was a nine to five and we're living in this limited separate self, then yes, we can believe that we have this idea of choice and an idea of free will and an ability to do things. Um, right. When you let go completely and accept, you know, your second point about self-realization and the acceptance of it, it is literally the end of you as, as an illusory character. Yes, the character still exists and still functions in the world, but there's no real center to that person. There's no real individuality or somebody trying to claim something. So yeah, it gets, it gets interesting. It's very, very interesting. So yeah, despite your best efforts to, to mess up, you find that life just puts you in the right place at the right time constantly. And you realize after a while that you have to just keep surrendering. The surrendering will continue. It will just continue um, because there is no real pinnacle of acceptance or surrendering or letting go. So we're always bringing up something that needs to be let go of. Um, and that just leads to a clarity and a, and a deepening in the clarity. And yet there's no deepening because it's really just happening now. So it's, it's, a, it's just a really paradoxical way of living. Um, and yet this is how we, we all function. And hence, this is just a reminder there. Yeah. Yeah. And before we <laughs> launch... Like, I, don't, I don't recall this. Yeah, far away. Yes, sorry, yes. You can uh-huh. just create a masterclass out of this, what you have said just right now. Like if you can just yeah, take yeah, these yeah, words yeah. and just we start mm. decoding this whole, mm. whatever you have said. Yeah. There's so yeah, much wisdom yeah. in there and we will do that. Okay. Uh, okay. But before we launch into the conversation, I think uh, uh, I would like to show an enormous amount of gratitude to M. McGowan, who connected us. Definitely. I'm really grateful Definitely. that she did that. And we had mm-hmm. like last, just because I'm, I know she's watching right now. So mm-hmm. okay. we had this uh, one hour long conversation like earlier mm-hmm. as well and there were yeah, so yeah. many insights and we were in this kind of yeah. flow state yeah. uh, and i hope we get there maybe you are there <laughs> all the time and i hope i also we're, we're, we're all there we're all there that yeah. that's that's the, that's the cosmic joke 
<laughs> that's a cosmic we're, 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 we're all there we're, we're all there uh, the, the, the joke is that we believe we're not there and mm. that's what creates all of all of this the belief that we're, we're not there yeah so if we examine that belief we realize it's not real right that's that's where when i yeah. think about like uh, what happens in these spiritual circles in these spiritual groups whether it's online or whether it's in real what i see is most of people i'll say 99% of people are just beating around the bush they're just yes wasting enormous amount of time being there and it's like my heart always bleeds when i, when I see that like <laughs> is so much time wasted reading those books and going to those seminars and listening to yeah. their gurus yeah and what i have recognized like i have never been there although i have read some mm. books because mm. i am a voracious reader so i like to mm. consume my content via books mm. but what i have seen it's just avoidance of discomfort yes and when i when i was thinking about like what we are going to talk about so mm. i was like if somebody goes through this podcast mm. and he or she is not feeling a sense of discomfort mm. then then either we are just we are also just beating around the bush or we are just uh, doing this for entertainment purpose and we it's, also... it's a bit of both it's it's a bit of both we also you are a good people. you're a quite a good yeah. entertainer i would say you're you, you're all... i i like... i try this humor involved in this because it is it's it's one huge joke sometimes um there's yeah. a film road to perdition and there's a scene where um daniel craig's like laughing and somebody is why you laughing is because it's also fun some people it will be entertainment and for some mm. people it's a way of life as well you know they mm. they enjoy going from teacher to teacher to teacher and reading the latest yeah. book i mean you know, i i term those people advanced seekers because they could walk into a talk and do a better talk than me easily because they've read all the books they've got all the buzzwords and what have you but you know you're right 99 i remember years 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 ago say 99% of seekers will seek but never find because they don't want to find there's comfort mm. in our seeking it gives us an identity you know we can say we're spiritual yeah. we can then judge the rest of the world as well and say mm. oh you know look at me i'm so spiritual compared to you so uh yeah yeah it's it's something that's readily available to everybody mm. and yet very few people take the invitation which uh yeah yeah that's another entire podcast in itself as to why they <laughs> do that so yeah we could be here for days yeah mm. uh, the one thing i loved about your work is what sets you apart from like this spiritual culture is what i have noticed mm. that you are very much authentic and you are mm. very very vulnerable when you are on the stage or whenever you are uh, making those videos or you are posting some yes 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 what i have seen in rest uh, of the people who are mm-hmm. like Uh, although mm. you don't like to label but uh, mm. for the yeah. sake yeah. say yeah. of kind of identification to mm. uh, these spiritual gurus mm. 
they come from this place of perfection and yeah. they never uh-huh. talk about what they have gone through and they mm-hmm. never talk about like their what's happening in their life in on a daily mm-hmm. basis like that discomforts which they yeah. are going through yeah. on the daily basis and yeah. you are quite mm-hmm. open when it comes to that so mm-hmm. that makes your content the uh, the message you are trying to portray mm-hmm. much relatable like when i listen to you i can relate that oh, okay yeah. i have been yeah. there okay yes. what he is talking about like i have been there he is yes. not uh, sitting somewhere on the mountain top and yeah. i am sitting below yeah. the mountain top and i am just looking above yeah. uh, to some deity and i am listening yeah. no you are just sitting yeah. beside me you are saying dude mm-hmm. i have been there where you are mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i can like maybe guide you a bit that that so, that's what's needed that's yeah. what's needed because we make it so impossible you know i i've sat with those teachers who sit there up on the stage and you're down there and you're always coming from a position of there's something wrong and you're always coming right. from a position of that that guru can fix you or mm. you're coming from the position that you're really not worthy enough for this thing and it creates this sense of impossibility whereas i think most of us and i think it's something that's happening in my work at this stage but mm. i think most most of us would just love to be able to have a conversation and be able to relate to that person as opposed to turning into a godlike figure and i mm. think that's what's happened here because you know my my spiritual journey started because i had my heart broken you know which isn't very <laughs> yeah, you you know, which isn't very glamorous and you know the girl broke my heart and um you know my father passed away so these were real mm. life events and the thing i found is i mean i i traveled to a country called bosnia and mm. there was a lot about emotion that came up there um mm. and i think we we and it's something that we spoke about as well before you know that there there has to be we don't talk about the vulnerability we don't talk about the insecurities we don't talk about the fact that sometimes we're absolutely terrified mm-hmm. of what's actually happening and we would just like to be able to just sit there with somebody and you know have someone to talk to and with what's happened with the pandemic that's needed more and more that we've mm-hmm. got about to meet in our vulnerability and actually talk to people because mm-hmm. there is a shift online and that's absolutely wonderful but sometimes you need that person sitting next to you or, or that touch or that sense mm. of just being in a community um and it can kind of in a sense transfer over on online as well but really most of these are invitations these in, these videos these interviews and everything and podcasts they're just inter- they're, they're just invitation right. to actually get somebody to come and actually sit and have a conversation with you because this will be general because obviously there's an audience mm. but you can have that same conversation on a one to one basis online or even face to face but that's when it gets interesting that's the bit like you said people don't want to be there because it's it's uncomfortable there's discomfort mm-hmm. there because you're being asked to actually look at yourself and the yeah. reality is is we may not want to look at ourselves because we know what we're going to see we're not stupid mm-hmm. and sometimes we want to keep our little illusions in place so um you're literally just constantly repeating you're constantly just repeating and saying the same things over and over and over again um right. from different angles hoping that maybe some of it will stick i seem to have gone down this route of talking in this particular way um which is kind of interesting because i've i've sat with teachers from different traditions but i've just found that this is what just works but not like i sat there and put together a methodology it's just something that mm. actually occurred so you know i've probably said the same thing a million different times but it depends mm. because when we're in the moment it can just hit differently um 
And it's really the communication only occurs within the moment if you're going to plan something. And mm-hmm. yes, I, you know, I've recently started doing videos where I'm talking about subjects. But yeah. you know, I remember in the early days, it was just stick a camera in your face and away you went. Or you're in a meeting and you open your mouth and you hope for the best, which is always <laughs> fun. But you yeah. find that by trusting, the right thing is always said. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. That, that, that's one beautiful thing about uh, podcasting. Right. Yeah. You're, you're just, there's very less which is planned and your whatever is happening is happening yeah. in the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Although. It's two, it's two guys having a conversation. Yeah. And the whole concept is about podcasting is about vulnerability because you don't know what yeah. I'm going to say. And maybe no. people will no. agree, disagree. Maybe they'll. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you, you do put yourself out there. I mean, it's something yeah. I've struggled with for years because, you know, social media, as as wonderful as it is in bringing us together, mm. can also be a pretty dark place. You know, I've, I've spent years off social media. It's only now that, you know, I, I remember there was a time I used to post stuff on, online and then be absolutely terrified about what happens mm. if I got called out or, and for a time, I wouldn't even explain what I was saying. But I think that's that whole process, that whole evolution um, yeah. that happens. You know, recently it's all, all of a sudden there's this, desire that's coming up to actually talk um mm. but not from a personal self and then it's like okay well what am i going to actually talk about but then you realize that you just trust whatever happens and, mm. and the right thing will be said so it's really about for, for me at the moment it's about exploration of this idea of realization self-inquiry enlightenment i mean what are these things you know mm. prior to that I, I was the guy who sorted out your life i was almost like a life coach you know um you know mm. your cat's got a problem you come and see me but that's lovely, but that's still going for branches of the tree. And what I'm saying is go for the actual root, go to the core. Mm. And what you may find is the very thing that ails you is, is there. And in recognizing that, it just transforms. It just completely transforms because then we rest as we actually are. There's, there's a massive amount of energy that's involved in being a character and, and maintaining a story and a life and what have you, and it's tiring. And I think mm. this is why we're seeing such a rise in mental health issues but we're also right. seeing a rise of people just naturally waking up now because mm. there's so much pressure that eventually they just crack and they crack mm. wide open. That's why Rumi stated the wound is where the light enters. And there's a lot of wounds now. And it's yeah. an opportunity, a huge opportunity for people to realize who they are. Mm. Um, you know, yes, some people do have blissful journeys all the way, but for some people there's pain there. there there's some sort of yeah. loss, some sort of tragedy. And, um, Yes, if we can sit with those people in there, that might help with mm. recognition. Because sometimes, yes, just, you know, I, I remember I was doing talks in Glasgow when I first started and people would say, so you do understand what I'm going on about. But, well, mm. yes, that's why I'm sitting in the room because sometimes we just need somebody to really just listen to us. That's, that's, become, that's become something that's dying as well now. We're, we're too busy wanting to give our opinions um, instead of listening, but we miss opportunities, huge opportunities every single moment to realize who we are. Right. And, and just live empowered lives. Mm. And there is uh, so much uh, when it comes to even if you say like uh, people go to a lot of discomfort and mm. sometimes they break and that light gets in. Mm. But what I've noticed is uh, when you're when it comes to self-realization which we will get into mm. Mm-hmm. there is this ability, this heart 
which like i know you you meet a lot of people and hmm. you must have noticed like there is this heart and courage which those specific some people have hmm. to hmm. constantly self examine themselves because it's self realization is not just a one time happening no, like something will happen to you and you will become this enlightened person because self realization doesn't mean like you transcended this material world and you have went somewhere you have a brain you have a mind you have this whole biological structure and that brain has a lot of biases in it and it's functioning in a way like one of the biases which i have seen in this spiritual sphere is confirmation bias what they want to see they see they want to believe something and they'll believe mm-hmm. and to confirm that they'll go to these seminars and uh, they'll post a lot of quotes and even they'll debate you and mm-hmm. pride as you said like trying to be more spiritual mm-hmm. so yeah this is one of the barrier which i have noticed and i was wondering what are other barriers you have seen in people which don't let them like many people reach the mountain top but staying on the mountain mm-hmm. top is another game right <laughs> i think it's because the mind comes back i mean you know mm-hmm. reaching the mountain top could be classified as an awakening Right. and what tends to happen is the mind then comes back and the mind wants mm. to control this experience and the mind wants to claim this experience as well and say hey look at me i i woke up um mm. and that's where it gets terrifying because then we see people slipping in and out of this so they'll have you know a multitude of awakenings where they're completely present where they're completely who they actually are but then the mind comes back and wants to claim this because if you look at this so we've been conditioned to claim we've been conditioned to accumulate mm. so this is then another experience that we've had that we want to add to our bank and what we really need to do is just let those go um in terms of permanency permanency happens when this interplay between this mind trying to claim something and something happening stops so there is then no mind that's trying to claim anything the mind just realizes it itself and just goes back to being the mind you know we don't you know see this overemphasis on this and then it's also seen that there isn't really anybody to to claim enlightenment or claim realization or say that mm. something happens because it is in a sense a, a, and i use the word in a sense the death of the character and then it's not something that anybody can say yes you know i'm enlightened what does that even mean yes you can say that but again what does it actually mean you know um so you kind of get into this place where you realize that you just literally know where and yeah in can you emphasize on this state uh, this phrase death of the character what do you mean by that it's it's just you realize that there's nobody who can do anything here you realize there's no one here who can actually be enlightened that it was just an idea there was a just uh, an idea that somebody was going to wake up but what were they <laughs> going to wake up to what were they going to wake up to and uh, that's meta level and, stuff <laughs> <laughs> meta level i'll take that as a compliment um you know what 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 were they actually going to wake up to Mm. and what you're was on this journey to trying because... to wake up and when you reach you you're like now all, the person well, you, who's you, going you, to wake you, up i have to let it let that person go it doesn't make the, sense the, the, the joke the joke is you get there to realize you're already there <laughs> yeah and that that becomes a, and that blows this whole entire character out of it and that's the and paradox. it just it just functions yeah that's the paradox mm. it, it functions completely natural but yes that character has to be let go of 
But then the problem is mm. the character cannot let go of themselves. It's like me asking somebody to kill themselves. You're going to really think hard. But it, the letting go does happen. But the letting go happens not from the side of an elusive character, but from the side of grace itself, which just mm. decides, okay, I'm just going to let this go now and just be as I am. Because with the thing we're seeking, if we were mm. to view ourselves as that thing which is prior to mind, then we'd mm. see that there's nothing, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to get. Um, and that there is nothing that actually happens. It's just all a play. It's, um, you know, Shakespeare said it best, your life is but a walking shadow that struts and frets its hour upon the stage. It is mm. a tale told by a fool, full of sound and fury in the end, signifying nothing. In the end, it all signifies nothing. And that just stops. Then there's no seeking it's, because it's there was so no one ever seeking. funny that you mm. have to spend so much time to tell people like you don't have to do anything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, go well, the thing is, people don't people don't listen. There's people nowhere to go. Listen. They, they, listen, they don't listen. Yeah, Pe- people don't listen. They they listen, but they don't really listen. They listen to the extent of they can parrot fashion your words mm. back to you. They can discuss this, but if they were to really hear this, mm. then that's the end of it. That's that's the end of seeking completely. Yeah. I'm I'm really curious how your journey started. How you started on this adventure and like what, what prompted okay. you, uh, like, I know that that breakup yeah. prompted you, but apart from that, uh, what was the belief the came in that I was broken? Who you are? <laughs> That's a okay. question. <laughs> I would love to hear that. Answer. Okay. Right. And okay. From where you are coming from and okay. What kind of led you here? Okay. Um, what prompted this all to happen was obviously on the surface, we're, we're talking about relationship breakup and we're talking about the death mm. of my father. Um, what really got me going was the belief that somehow I wasn't enough and I was broken. Mm. Um, because up until that moment, my life was pretty planned out. I was, I was out from the truest sense of the word. You know, I was going to go to law school. I was going to become a lawyer. Um, and, you know, my life was pretty planned out. Um, and then of the space of six months, it just fell apart and I couldn't understand why. So I literally took my conditioning and my mindset and tried to figure it out. And I came to the conclusion that something was missing, that I was broken in some way. So mm-hmm. I started then looking at different self-help methods to, you know, understand what happened to me because I couldn't understand that I'd done absolutely everything right and yet everything had gone wrong. Um, this went on for a couple of years. I... I I ended up meeting a Sufi sheikh from the Qadri order and I, and I took Bayah, which was a pledge of allegiance to him. I became his student for about eight years or so. Um, he didn't really talk to me. I, I say to people that he spoke to me for about 10 minutes or so. And that was literally, I am your teacher, you will listen to me. And he asked me to look at all these different traditions, um, which I ended up naturally doing. He also kind of quite cryptically with me and another guy sat in the room. So I said, oh, you'll teach one day. And, you know, this is my first day or second day with this teacher and I have no idea why I'm, I'm even there. I don't know what Sufism is. I don't know what it means to be a student or anything. Yeah. So for about eight years, he just didn't say anything to me. And mm-hmm. I didn't really ask him any questions, which in retrospect now was the best way to possibly teach me. I think telling me something would have just completely messed things up. Um, I then started looking at different traditions like non-duality, Advaita, Buddhism, Zen, pretty much anything I could, I could get my hands on. Um, it was around this time I, I came across the idea of enlightenment and decided that that was the solution to all my problems. 
Um, the only problem was how do you get enlightened because there was this <laughs> character that was trying to get enlightened. Yeah. Um, the biggest shift was when I, when I realized one day that I wanted what the teacher had. Prior to that, I'd been one of those um, you know, students who was, oh, we're only here for, for, you know, for serving the teacher and we are nothing. Mm. And you know, enlightenment's this impossible thing. When I finally admitted I wanted to know what he knew, that's when my journey really began because you know a, a huge amount of the journey just disappeared in that one statement. Um, the rest was then really just about how. Um, I then started speaking to several non-duality teachers and had two awakenings. Um, one lasted about a couple of weeks. The second one lasted about two months or so. And after each awakening, what would happen is I'd, I'd, I'd wake up and I'd go, wow, I'm enlightened, I'm free. And then it would disappear <laughs> yeah. because my mind would keep coming back. So this yeah. happened twice and then um, God, it, it, it came to the point where I was literally just thinking about this stuff 24-7. So I intellectually knew it. I could mm. probably do a really good talk about it, but just knowing it wasn't enough. And what happened is one, one non-duality teacher turned around to me and said, well, you know, just because you wake up, it doesn't mean you'll be free. You'll be enlightened. And to me, that statement, I couldn't live with that statement because um, I couldn't imagine a world where I would have seen this thing, but not been able to attain it. Um, so for about three, four months, I was just really, really intense seeking. And then I heard of some young Sufi guy um, mm. and I went to see him and we had some conversations, um, nothing really too specific. And then a couple of days later, I was sitting there and there was this statement that mm. pretty much every single teacher from every single tradition I'd ever sat with had made. And They'd all said the same thing, literally word for word. And I remember just thinking to myself, they're all saying the same thing. And that realization that everybody was saying the same thing just ended all sense of seeking. And that mm. was it. It was, um, I talk about it in my book. It was literally like there was a, a, a thought that was just whirling inside me, like almost like a physical sensation. And then mm. it was just gone. And I knew I wasn't looking anymore. Um, I then, I think, took a period of three to six months to, to literally integrate because I would read books and kind of go, I can't be functioning in the same state as these people that I'm reading about, like your Rumi's mm. or your Ramana Maharishi's. Um, I then ended up doing some talks at the Theosophical Society in Glasgow. And again, it wasn't anything planned. I just walked past the doors open. I walked in, asked if I could do some talks. They said, what about? And I just went non-duality and Sufism. So there wasn't really even a, I had no idea. So this young guy, sits in this room every Wednesday, people turn up and he opens his mouth and he hopes for the best. Mm. This lasted for about three, four months. And then I decided it wasn't really for me. I then appeared again in 2011, was interviewed by some podcasts, did a few talks. Again, that's no, not really for me. Um, fast forward to 2015 and I'm, I've just got this job in this IT company. Um, I'm meant to be starting that Monday morning and I'm lying in bed absolutely terrified. Like, I can't do it anymore. I just can't go and start this new job. And a friend of mine came into my room and he said the words that are the only reason that I'm sitting here right now, which was, would you like a cup of tea? Had he said anything else like, you know, you're starting your work today. Mm. You know, while you got ready, I would have just died. So I literally turned around to him and go, look, I don't know what's happening. I just can't do this anymore. And he, was, he started telling me a story. Mm. Um, and he just said, look, you know, if this is what you're meant to be doing and this is what you're meant to be doing. So I was in Glasgow at the time. I went to the Theosophical Society and I said, look, can I have my old room back on a Wednesday? 
to which they said, no, we, we can't give you Wednesday nights back, but we can give you Friday nights, which is literally the kiss of death for any tour in Glasgow on a Friday night because everybody's okay. out getting, getting drunk. So for three months, I'm sitting in an empty room. Mm. I open the room up every week, sit there for 20 minutes. Nobody shows up. I go home. Mm. Um, one day, a load of people showed up. Um, two yoga instructors and this woman who just argued with me. Um, and then it just started from there. And I, I then left Glasgow and I ended up you know, running around the UK doing talk after talk after talk. Went to the Balkans in Europe and did some talks there as well. Um, released two books. I'd written a book called Falling Into the Mystery. That was then published. I ended up doing mm-hmm. the talk in Watkins Books or Bookshop, sorry, in London. And then another book on poetry called Reflections. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much what I do. I literally talk to people and, you know, put out quotes, um, do meetings. And literally, I'm always pointing back to people that the very thing you're seeking is, is you. And I start from the position that you're the perfection that you seek. Um, because I don't see seeking in people. Um, I think that's just an idea. It's a belief and it's a persistent belief. And it's really just about reminding people that you're not a set of beliefs or a set of conditioning. Um, and yeah, that, that's, that's what I tend to do. Um, and it's literally however it's meant to happen. So sometimes somebody can come to the room and it's really about a relationship or a money issue or something like that. And that's why they're really mm-hmm. there because the problem with enlightenment is it's become a catch-all term. So if your life is a mess, you hear the word enlightenment, you go, oh my God, I need to get enlightened. It's, it's the cure to all of my problems. It may just be that it's actually a relationship issue um, or, or a money issue or, or whatever. And what you do is that kind of tends to weed away the people who aren't really serious. And then what you'll find is there are people. And yeah, like you said, just earlier on, there's a lot of talking to remind people that they're the thing that they're looking for. So um, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy, yeah. it's a crazy existence, but I'm, I'm grateful for it. Um, and yeah, um, ask me a question. We'll take it from there. Really. Yeah. What hit my mind uh, from what you said is when this seeking comes to end and I don't know it's enlightenment or it's nirvana or bliss or whatever yeah, or it's yeah. just life yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to call it <laughs> but yeah I don't think uh, there is anybody who mm. don't get in these zones where mm. this what we can say all needs come to end or maybe this seeking comes comes to end we are not seeking anything in that moment and we are just mm. like it feels like everything is perfect as it is mm. right mm. and then as you said like the mind comes into action and mind starts mm. rationalizing judging comparing it mm. to the past the future mm. where we are going and what has happened mm. in the past and that reality gets distorted right mm. Okay. And the epiphany you had was mm-hmm. that this seeking has like the whole point of what you were doing was to seek something. <laughs> and mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> and okay. you will get there. Like the funny thing is, you will get there uh, and that you will stop seeking. So <laughs> yeah. So how the, you, the thing like, is I I I tend you... to say that seeking seeking stops and seeing starts. There's a difference. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's like that saying, you know, before enlightenment, chop wood and carry water, and after enlightenment, mm. chop wood and carry water. Um, mm. 
life continues. Realization, realization is constant. Enlightenment is constant. You know, bliss is constant. Nirvana, whatever you want to call it, is constant. What you find is there isn't a need anymore to look for it because it's already here. That would be quite possibly the shift that can happen. But there's such a sense of impossibility with that shift for so many people that it's occurring right now, but many people don't believe it's occurring to them because it literally means that every story, every excuse, every belief just becomes redundant. We don't have any excuses anymore. And that's a really brave and empowered way of living. But our reliance on the mind, our reliance on this limited way of living terrifies us at the possibility that all of that could go. So it's... um, it just it just stops it just stops and then there's just life but it seemed that there was always life. So even when they were seeking yes it's 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 occurring all the time it's whether we will stop and recognize it most people will not stop and recognize it mm. um so for them it becomes this really you know impossible thing to happen mm. and when i say that i don't mean to say that i'm in any way better or anything like that it's mm. just literally can we just stop and can we just be present to whatever the moment brings? And if we could, we would see ourselves for what we truly are. So when I was seeking for this thing, that was the very thing I was seeking. And the need to know as to why that was happening, that just pretty much dies. There isn't really a need. If, if answers are to come up, I think we spoke about this the other day. Sometimes you can just ask the question and there's no need to know what the answer is. But there's a trusting that if the answer is needed, it will occur as and how it needs to occur. So it's life is just really just seen as a play. Um, but that's when we can really live life because we're not living life from this position of conditioning and ideas, you know, with, with all this kind of, in a sense, baggage that we're carrying around with us. We can live life very lightly and very, very freely. And life becomes very expansive, then it becomes absolutely beautiful. Um, it creates these beautiful situations. But then we realize that this natural way of being of, you know, with all these different tools like synchronicities Mm. and what have you has always been there. Mm. We just fail to recognize it. But then what life does when life wants to grab your attention, life will do whatever it needs to do to stop Mm. you, to make you think. And I think that's something that's echoed in the rooms as well. Um, It's literally about stopping people so that they'll just see who they actually are. And stopping can take a myriad of forms. You know, sometimes it's about sitting with somebody, you know, in silence. Sometimes it's about literally having an intellectual discussion. And sometimes it can literally be literally quite, you know, adversarial and and getting into an argument. Whatever is coming up in the moment is whatever's coming up in the moment. But that's the beauty of it because it literally just comes up. And there's just this observation of it and, like, wow, what does this mean? So, for example, a couple of months ago, and I'm feeling the same energy now, I was asked this really beautiful question about um, observation, sorry, no, compassion and mm-hmm. attachment. And it was absolutely beautiful because it just stopped. Everything stopped. And it was just, okay, hmm. how do I answer this? So then there's just this trusting. And I don't remember what I said. I have no idea what I said. Somebody was listening and was like, wow, your answer was completely bang on. But it's not really about you trying to do anything because that's where it kind of, you know, we then have to know about this subject matter. We have to say that we have answers. Mm-hmm. There are no answers. There are no answers. If there, if there are any answers, they lie within you. So really it's about holding up a mirror and 
getting that person to look into that mirror. A lot of people, as you said, probably don't want to look into the mirror. So that's your, like you said, you know, you know, your heart bleeds for these people because really what they want is entertainment. But there's a there's reasoning for that as well. Um, it's whether they will examine the reason as to why they do that. For some people, this is mere entertainment. For some people, this is a way of life. It gives them a sense of identity. Right. It gives them a way sometimes to just, you know, spiritually bypass everything in their lives. You know, they know what the actual problem is, but maybe the the, the noble quest of looking for enlightenment means that they now have to deal with the fact that maybe my relationship is an issue or maybe I need right. to clean my bedroom or maybe I need to, you know, do the dishes. Because sometimes what we may find is doing the dishes might be the way there. So mm. everything's an invitation. It's, it's whether we'll accept that. There is a lot of spiritual laziness. Like <laughs> finding excuse yeah. to be lazy because I'm spiritual. Like I'm yeah, labeling myself as spiritual, so I'm I'm allowing yes. myself to be lazy. I'll, uh, yes. for example, I'll not work out because I accept this situation. <laughs> I accept my body for what it is. So I'm not going to yeah. go to the gym and I'll not work out. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to eat well because I accept the situation. Everything is fine. Yeah. Whatever it is, everything is perfect. Yeah. I'm a spiritual uh-huh. being. Why I need to yeah. eat good? I can eat junk food yeah. because I'm spiritual. Yeah. You are not. Your yeah. food will affect uh-huh. you. It will not affect you. Yes. I'm the Buddha. Yeah, because I'm spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just, that's a, that's a misunderstanding. That's a complete misunderstanding. And this is just a yeah. few funny examples. There are so mm. many rules which people have mm. Mm. when it comes to this subject matter. That's why mm. it gets very, very complex and it also gets mm. very, very funny when you mm. think about mm. it. And mm. as I said, like you were saying, uh, it's all about self-examination so this Mm. constant self-examination and everybody doesn't have the heart and the courage to go through that because there is a lot of suffering uh, involved Mm. it's like peeling off your own skin all the time Mm. every time 24 Mm. 7 just Mm. constantly Mm. watching yourself it it does get easier it does get easier but it's and we can handle so much more as well but it is um unfortunately I think it's because we don't really listen, you know, we don't Mm. really listen or we misinterpret, you know, a a classic example of that was, um, I remember sitting with my teacher and he said to me, go get yourself a job. Mm. And um, I was like, okay. And then he left. And a week or two later, you know, I was like, I was told to get a job. Three months later, it had been interpreted as what the teacher actually meant Mm. was that you need to work for the school and you must renounce everything and what have you. So the teacher returns a, a year later and goes, did you get yourself a job? And I was like, oh, I thought it meant this. And he was like, no, you know, I literally meant get a job. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where it gets a bit complicated because what happens is we take very simple statements and we imbue them with this huge supernatural quality mm-hmm. that although this was said, actually this was meant. And that's mm-hmm. when we get into the realms of like literally Harry Potter for grown-ups. And, you know, we, we find spiritual laziness and we find spiritual bypassing because we then mm. don't live in reality as is. We create this alternate reality in which mm. we do become spiritually quite arrogant because, like you said, I don't mm. need to work out because I'm a spiritual being, but you over there are fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it's like, but so am I, but I'm a spiritual being. But, you know, so mm. we literally stop looking at what actually is and we create this set of rules. So in mm. a sense, we move further away from the goal even though we think we're traveling towards the goal so we mm. although we can't travel backwards 
it's almost like a sense of we start traveling backwards mm. because of the fact that we won't, we won't be honest with ourselves. We won't inquire into the nature of, of, of our mm. existence. But more important, even, even more important than that, we won't be honest with ourselves. Because if we were really honest with ourselves, and that's why mm. I suppose I speak the way I do, we mm. would realize that most of us are a mess. I, I spent my entire life looking for this thing, whatever mm. this thing is. And only now I'm seeing that I want to get my life in order. I want to do certain things. And I find it's quite a frightening place because mm. for me, the ashram was my world. The Dargah was my world. And now I'm out in the world. And nobody really cares. Nobody really cares if you're enlightened or, you know, you're self-realized or whatever that means. It, as, as a matter of fact, most people don't even understand that. Most people, when I speak to them about what I do, they're just like, uh, so you write books. Is that what you're saying? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And you find you then have to navigate a world which is completely in separation in mm. which the very thing that you've been trying to go against in your life, you're there. So then you have to interact with people differently as well. So in a sense, mm. life becomes this huge teaching. I mean, I learned so much from ordinary people who have absolutely no interest in this. It's incredible because to them, it is about you know, the nine to five, the 2.4 children and you know, the, the, the foreign holidays every year. And to them, that's life. That's what it's all about. I've got my TV programs. I've got my football team I support. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's what works for them. I, you know, I remember talking to this man who said to me, I really want to come to one of your talks. And I said, you're not going to come to one of my talks. Mm. And he was like, why? I was like, well, you know, you live in a half a million pound house. You have two adorable daughters. You have this great job and you have a beautiful looking wife. What's wrong? And he went, yeah, you're right. So spirituality does tend to attract the broken. Um, and sometimes it attracts them so that they can hide here because right. life is quite terrifying. So this is why most people don't really want to be, you know, or don't really want to wake up because waking up takes those excuses away. Mm. You know, if I'm sitting in a Dalgar or I'm sitting in an ashram, I've got an excuse. Mm. And really, if we look at the root of that excuse, it's probably because I'm actually terrified of life. So when I believed myself to be broken, I couldn't engage in life. So to me, this was the safest place to be amongst other broken people. And mm. um, I wasn't living. You know, I, you know, one of the biggest turning points for me was I was in a store um, in my hometown of Coventry, my sister, and I picked up this jacket. And I turned around to my sister and I was like, what do you think of this jacket? And she was like, it's an old man's coat. And I realized I wasn't even up to date with the latest fashion. I didn't know what was happening in the world or anything. And something just broke. And mm. I just remember thinking, you'll die like this. Because it's an avoidance of what is. It's an avoidance of life. True spirituality is life. Mm. It's living, you know, unashamedly, no holds barred, making the mistakes, having that mm. vulnerability, having those moments of victory, having those moments of defeat. And hopefully out of that, we come out braver, wiser people. Or what we find is that we know so little. You know, this, this journey now into life and talking to more people is now making me realize how little I know. And it's really humbling. But I'm really grateful as well. So there, you know, there, there is a constant learning. So realization mm. is constant. Like you said, it's not a one-time, you know, pinnacle event. And mm. then you sit there and you're, you know, you're just drenched in light and everything. And, you know, there's a glow coming off and people go, oh my God, that's him. It's not like that. Life is, life is so much more than that. Yeah, life it will happen to you all the time. The Sorry? Realizations will happen to you all the time on this oh. journey. Like you're walking, you you're be... seeing something hmm. and some epiphany happened to exactly. you. You're exactly. sitting by yourself and something, you realize it happens all the time. Yes. 
Yes, exactly. Like it's I don't know why people don't understand. Like universe is this infinite, huge, yes. infinitely huge, complex yes. Yes. thing, yes. which has no ending. Yes. How how am I able to understand it in its entirety? Realization for another word for realization is understanding, right? Yes. So But the arrogance of the character is such that the character mm. believes that they will. You know, the character cannot control its next thought. Yeah. but believes itself to be powerful enough to know yeah. the mind of god i, I love the meaning the of step. mystic uh, the mm. word mystic i love that uh, yeah. the meaning of that word people mm-hmm. try to uh, label people enlightened and gurus and what not yeah. but i think yeah. this word mystic has a mm. great connotation when it comes to that all mm. it means is a person who realizes that universe is a big mystery yes. just that nothing yes. else he is not trying to decode yes. anything he is not, not trying no. to rationalize he is not trying to intellectualize he is just yes. when he is like right now you are here yes. so you are, yes. we are talking we are using the mind yes. but if suppose yes. you are sitting on your balcony yes. you are just saying like <laughs> what the hell man what the hell it is yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. one big mystery i don't know what yeah. it is so it's just that all I- But I, if you say this what, in your talks, then people will not come again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> then you, I don't you, know. You, you, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Uh-huh. Uh, there are a lot of people who I, I've got a lovely group around me, uh-huh. and a lot uh, yeah, of them are dealing. on their own journeys. Um, yeah. And a lot of them are doing this this inner work, so to speak. And I mm. use the term inner work very, very loosely. Um, but what you find is that you know you, they do go through a lot. You know, I, uh-huh. I, I'm able to. evoke the kind of reactions that you can't even imagine some people are triggered by me some people absolutely love me you know, <laughs> I, i was just I've kidding had, people will I've, still come <laughs> oh no 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 i've i've had people say all sorts but it's it's just after a while you don't take any of it personally you just see that this is the the character playing out playing what it is i mean right, i so tend to they, say that you will uh, when you're saying this say certain things you're saying like they question you and they argue with you in certain yeah yeah that's fine yeah of course yes okay, of course okay. because the, because the reality is is that you are going to trigger people mm. because remember a good teacher is a mirror and the yeah. mirror just is is it, it's impersonal it's just a mirror and sometimes we can be triggered by what we see in that reflection mm. or what can happen as well sometimes people could be triggered because you won't give them any answers a good teacher will just point back to you and say you're the answer but spiritual laziness and the 24/7 you know culture that we've got people mm. expect to come to a talk and get an answer what do you mean you're not going to give me an answer i've come here and i want an answer so mm. i i always tend to say you know you just see human nature being played out because it's really interesting because when a penny drops those same people who are arguing one second are sending mm. you these wonderful messages going oh my god i completely get what you're doing and mm. and and the reality is that's when we start seeing ourselves because we will see that Yeah, with this thing with this thing so mm-hmm. yeah it's um it's great it's it's a, it's a wonderful way of being really it's a wonderful way of being yeah and you were talking about uh, this last time that uh, we are kind of not spiritual beings human beings are this multidimensional creatures like you are as much spiritual mm-hmm. as much you are like kind of material as much emotional as much mm-hmm. intellectual Right, there are these certain dimensions mm. which a human being has a kind of a superpower to 
tap into mm-hmm. these dimensions and mm-hmm. another definition of realization or maybe enlightenment would be mm-hmm. when choice comes into place when mm-hmm. you have a choice okay, okay. Uh, i'm i'm just like there's a question mark <laughs> in okay. front of this do we have a choice yeah, i was yeah. about to say do yeah. we have do we have a choice like when is there like we come in this kind of position when there is a choice like i can choose if i want to engage intellectually i can choose if i want to like have no reaction is there okay. like this thing has I, th- i think when we um, i think when we i think when we recognize what we truly are mm-hmm. um when we recognize what we truly are because we're we're infinite consciousness mm-hmm. um and as we recognize ourselves as infinite consciousness there's there's literally just an exploration that happens there's just a seeing like i said seeking stops and seeing starts mm-hmm. and it's just this vastness and within the vastness anything can occur so you know the idea of choice or no choice can can occur and it can occur simultaneously as well what you find is it's whatever comes up in the moment mm. so what we find is freedom is really freedom so it's it's huge it's expansive and it's constantly constantly expanding mm. and in that anything can happen so in that the idea of choice can happen in that idea of claiming can happen of not claiming um because a lot of people their idea of enlightenment is that it will be this but not that which is another separation which is a complete separation in freedom anything can occur and that's mm-hmm. what gives us choice choicelessness um no choice mm-hmm. and the decision is made really within the moment but who's making the decision is is absolutely irrelevant it's not coming from a personal self and yet if a personal self is needed Yeah. for that moment then that's absolutely fine like i remember being asked the question who are you and the answer at that moment was i'm me and mm. that really blew the other person's brain up but no i'm i'm expecting you to say well i'm infinite consciousness appearing you know mm. and disappearing but the, the the answer that was really needed was i'm me simple as that you know there was another incident as well when i was asked the same question so who am i and i was like well you know your consciousness but please don't say that in a nightclub at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're zeroing in on that girl. That's why I asked you yes. this question. Mm. Because I know there is no I'm, answer. I'm 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 me. I'm me, but then that <laughs> that doesn't mean invites an, it, me. that 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 me invites an exploration. It mm. invites invites an exploration of what's me. Yeah. And then that's where that, we get that conversation flowing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that it, like there's no definition of you. If you're talking this earlier like you meet certain people and they try to put you in a box. But I can I can give always... you a definition, but it's uh, who, who cares? I mean, I can turn around and say, "Well, I'm, I'm infinite. <laughs> I'm, I'm infinite consciousness." <laughs> yeah, who cares? Um, you know, I can say I'm infinite consciousness, but then oh, ten well. minutes later, I can say, "Well, I'm just me." Um, or and it is the really next time, this next is what I'm saying. Whatever comes in my mind. Uh-huh. The interviewer will ask, <laughs> "Tell me about yourself." Who cares, man? <laughs> who cares, mate? I'm all good here today. Um, it's it's any answer whatever the answer is uh, is whatever comes up in the moment and i think that's where people get stuck because they need their answers to be static they need their answers to hold the test of time but answers can change uh, mm. positions can change mm. so you can be saying one thing one moment but then the next minute you're saying something else altogether and that can be quite disconcerting to a mind that's looking for structure and looking for clarity and looking for an answer because then it can say ah look i've got this thing I understand it now and now I can claim it. The mind has no place here. They they are looking for absolute truth. 
and the only absolute truth is like there is no absolute truth the absolute truth is like truth this is constantly God, yeah. like it's a living thing and no living thing mm-hmm. is absolute mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. when i have i have struggled this uh, like with this myself a lot yeah trying to find mm-hmm. this absolute truth in this universe and nothing is absolute yeah. whenever i find something and yeah. few months after like i'm a fool always it ends Th- like i'm the fool i'm the fool whenever i'm saying joy. this is absolute i'm the fool yeah Yeah. It ends, yeah, ends that, that's, like that, very that's, badly. That's the absolute joy, the, the whole <laughs> not knowing. Because in that, in that place of not knowing, we're open. Mm-hmm. We're open to anything occurring, which when we want to know something, we're limiting our options. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying is I want something to be a certain way. And because you want it to be a certain way, mm-hmm. you're limiting so many options. This is why when people are seeking, they have an idea of what enlightenment is. So they're not looking for enlightenment. They're looking for a confirmation of the idea. And that confirmation of that idea is what causes seeking to continue. And it creates this place where they're stuck. Because all of a sudden the mind is not, not open. They're not stuck actually, you know. I will mm. not say they're stuck. Mm-hmm. When, like, what happens mm. when you mm. seek something, mm. the universe is like that, that you find it. You mm-hmm. have this picture of this enlightened person in your head. Mm. And you're mm-hmm. trying to be that person. So your mm-hmm. whole body, your whole psychology is acting in a way. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. like, I want to be this person who is accepting everything. So your psychology is, okay, even if it's, it's not accepting, mm-hmm. it's saying that I'm ex- accepting. Like I heard this story, mm-hmm. this uh, woman goes to a spiritual guru and he teaches mm-hmm. her something like how to uh, go in this place of where there is no thought present. and she's mm. wandering around telling everybody that uh, i mm. have learned how to stop my mm. thoughts and mm. blah, blah blah and months go by she is speaking mm. on stages and mm. then mm. somebody points like uh, asks her a question like what's going on in your head so mm. she realizes this whole time i was thinking that i am not thinking <laughs> she was thinking mm. this phrase that i'm not thinking yeah. i'm not thinking yes. i stopped my thoughts which means she was thinking thoughts. yeah but she didn't realize yes. it because she wanted th- to believe that i'm a spiritually enlightened person but but that but that's but that's that's when we go into the realms of advanced seeking we go into that realms of the the mm. subtleties but there's still someone observing these subtleties there's somebody still trying to do something <clears throat> realization isn't anybody doing anything right at all yes. um but it it sounds completely impossible that, that position can happen so for example and a similar example to that was um people saying well there's nothing to do mm-hmm. if we break that statement down nothing to do so i've got something to do i've got nothing to do now um which is still doing and it's it's got to be even in a sense even lighter even freer than that because people are sometimes still holding on to something think about it i you know there's nothing to do mm-hmm. there's nothing to do there's nothing i can do right so nothing i can do so the mind can be tricked into well, okay i'll just go into this idea of spiritual laziness now nothing i can do because a mind so will I'm doing like nothing all the time I'm yeah forcing myself say, to do if nothing if, yeah 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 I, i there's nothing to, i remember the funny thing was the person who explained that to me was just this girl who used to, who used to work as a secretary in the firm I was working at and she goes yeah it's really funny when people say there's nothing you can do mm. so they're still doing nothing and i was like do you know what subtle and it's whether we can look at those subtleties but i think the thing is this when that moment occurs and i don't want to make a big thing about that moment occurs all of this is just seen through but then there's no one seeing that so it becomes something 
that can never really be spoken of. It's something that has to be experienced and it has to come from an experience because what we'll find is we can go forward and backward on this all day long. But what you'll find is it's already limited because there's no words for this stuff. So it's really words are there to point, but what are the words pointing to? It's, it's, um, mm. it's a bit like, and I, I can't believe I'm about to do this because I absolutely love doing this. It's like the film Enter the Dragon. And there's that scene where Bruce Lee says, um, you know, like, don't think, feel. It is like a finger pointing to the moon. And the guy looks at his finger and goes, don't concentrate on the finger or you miss all the heavenly glory. So mm-hmm. what's the best way to get value out of this podcast? Let go of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like literally stop listening to this because this is irrelevant. But where mm-hmm. is it pointing to? That's mm-hmm. the only relevancy here. Mm-hmm. And that's, but what's being pointed to is an experience. And that's not something that could be talked of or, mm-hmm. or intellectualized over. Although, yes, we write books, we do YouTube videos, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm as guilty as everybody else and we, mm. but recognize that this is pointing, but what mm. is it pointing to? That's when we go into the realms of actual inquiry, because mm. that's where the question, who am I, arises or what's actually being pointed to? Because then what can mm. happen is, you know, asking me for a definition of who I am or what I'm pointing to limits the audience. It's literally mm. saying, what's being pointed to here? What are, what are you alluding to? Because the beautiful thing about that alluding to basically mm. means there's no answer there. You have to take the journey to take, you know, find yeah, out the answer. I think it's defined so, in that there's a book called, a great book called mm. Tao Te Ching, I think the name is. Yeah, Tao Te Ching. Yeah, gosh, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I remember reading, this no, I, I, no, no, no. I, I remember reading that book about, I, I went through this phase when I was about 16, 17 of reading mm. all these spiritual books, but not realizing they were spiritual books. I read Sun Tzu, The Art yeah. of War. Same, same. When I read that, I was just yeah. trying to sleep. Like I used to <laughs> listen to audiobooks just so I can sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. This, this... Although I, I only I only read it because it'd come in some Hollywood movie and then <laughs> someone recommended the Tao Te Ching and I remember just reading it and I read it just so mm. that I could say that I'd read it. And uh-huh. I remember reading the, 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 the I Ching and the Book of Five Rings. Mm. And sometimes I think I'd like to go back now because I'm sure those books would be really alive now. Mm. Um but I think the thing is we do, it's, um, we read all of these books and they are all kind of part of it. And eventually we have to let go of all of that as well. Um, but that, that again is going to that place that's been alluded to here. That's, that, that's basically so going the to the place that's been pointed The one line which hit me from that book is, mm. uh, it says, mm. uh, the Tao which can be explained mm. is not the eternal Tao. Yes. Yes, totally so, makes sense. Yeah, so I yeah. just took that one line from that, and I, well, that I was just like enough. let go of all. The yeah. rest of the yes. book is rubbish. Like, yes, rest of the book is filled yes. with explanations, yes. right? Just it's oh, if, the, it, if it can explain, if it can be explained, it's not it. And if the, it, bo- if it can the book be explained, is full of paradox. It. The person he'll yes. listen yes. to that book, he'll like head will your head will start hurting if you seriously think about what's written in there because it's all paradoxical. Yes. Yes, it, yes. He's saying one thing, uh, this is, and then he's yes. saying just the opposite at the next sentence. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That that's 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 the nature of it all. I, mm. I remember once talked to somebody about free will and destiny. Yeah. Like, where does one start? Where does the other? End? And I remember at the end just going, I understand it, mm. but I couldn't intellectually, you know, I, I couldn't mm. intellectually explain it. And when I say I understand it, the question could be asked, who understands it? 
because a limited idea of a character doesn't understand this. And this is the Mm. thing is until we experience those paradoxes, the paradoxes make perfect sense. Mm. But then the next question is, who is it actually making sense to? Mm. Because who is there then that could claim it? Hence, no one has ever enlightened. No one has Mm. ever woken up. Because when we look at enlightenment, we look at it from a limited perspective of somebody became something. How do you become what you already are? That's where we have to drop all labels. We have to drop. So yes, okay, I'm known as uh, you know a speaker about realization. Some people believe I'm realized. Some people believe this or that. And these are just ideas. And it's not about holding any particular idea. You know, when we talked the other day about toolboxing, it's about literally just picking up the relevant tool, using it, pointing it back down again. What the seeker does is picks up something and then wants to hold on to it because of its limited nature, because of the fact that for them, the universe is finite, not infinite, which basically means there's a beginning, middle, and end. Why? Because we've been conditioned with the idea of time, which tells us there's got to be an ending. So a lot of people will put themselves under pressure. They'll put themselves under pressure about, I've got to wake up. Why? Because the conditioning is saying, no, I've got to do this right now. So the thing is, this is it's whether we can show the timelessness of this one as well. Whether we mm-hmm. can say, well, you know, because I, I have a lot of people turn up and, you know, I mean, the classic I had was a guy turned up and he said, I hear you talk about realization. I want to yeah. know about it. And I've got 10 minutes. And mm-hmm. I was like, great. Four years later, we were still talking. But then the idea of time to suspense. Time is just a way of, I suppose, keeping measure. But we've imbued it with such a quality that we believe it to be real. And because of that, we believe there's a beginning, middle, and end. And hence, we want our enlightenment, our realization to have a beginning, middle, and end, um, have these lovely little signposts, have terms, have techniques and methods and what have you. Why? Just to keep the individual self happy, you know, to keep it safe. But going back to your point at the beginning, that's not then going to help because the problem is there is discomfort here because a paradox, like you say, you're reading the Tao Te Ching and you've got a headache by the end of the book because our paradoxes are designed for the uncomfortable to come up. Hence mm-hmm. the wound is where the light enters or, you know, the best way I was explained, it was um, somebody said, if I meditate, if I sit down now and I meditate, thoughts will come into my mind. But if I go and hit my toe, I stub my toe right now. Mm-hmm. And so in now, so sometimes mm-hmm. the discomfort the thing that we're running from because we've been conditioned from, you know, to move away from uncomfortable emotions are really quite possibly the fastest way to get there. Because when we are in pain, there is only pain. There isn't another thought. You know, if I hit somebody, they, they, they won't be thinking of anything else. There's just that pain and it's immediate and it's now. And that shows us who we actually are because this is now. And then when now is realized, there isn't really anybody realizing now. There is only ever been now. And now has this mm. illusory existence that's coming up, manifesting different characters, different beings, what, you know, what have you. And it's all an invitation back to itself. So everything is an invitation. Duality that we all rail on, duality is just one huge invitation. It's one huge pointer back to itself. So everything mm. ultimately then just collapses into just now. And that's what's, that's what's so incredible about it. And I think that's what causes the discussions to happen. And, you know, I, I have no idea who you were. I had, mm-hmm. sorry, no idea of who you were up until about a week ago. And yet life mm-hmm. and its infinite wisdom brings two people together. We have this lovely conversation the other day, which we could have quite <laughs> easily have put up anyway, because yeah. there was some wonderful stuff being discussed there. 
and then this happens. Um, so yeah, and, and do I feel there'll be more conversations? You know, yes, I feel no doubt we'll have other conversations. However, the beautiful thing is being completely open to the fact that there may not be, because yeah, there's just this be. eternal now. Yeah, there's just this eternal now. And that mm-hmm. eternal now is doing, you know, whatever it wants to do. It's, um, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and yet it makes perfect sense. Yes. We can make all sorts of plans, but yeah, of course. at the same time, we have this freedom to not to stick to them. <laughs> like plans mm-hmm. are necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to have a direction like where you are going, uh-huh. but yeah. you have to have this liberty as well. That if yes, I have to go there and I'm gonna mm. from mm. here to here, I can mm. go from mm. here, 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 wherever yes. I want. I have this yes. liberty, yes. I can take any turn, whichever I want. To. Yes, it's, it's a balance, it's a balance. Mm. Sometimes we know where we're going to go next, and sometimes we don't. So sometimes life itself gives us glimpses. This is what you would, I suppose, call psychic phenomenon or, you know, intuition or just, you know, deja vus or what have you. So sometimes we're not separate from life, but life is dancing with us sometimes. Mm. And it's, it's literally going, okay, go here, do this. And that could be, you know, intuitive mm. thought. Well, sometimes it can just be complete, just silence. You know, a couple of days ago, I, I mm. spent the entire day doing absolutely nothing. And you know, I was like, what's going on here? About four or five o'clock or something, there was just this shift. And, you know, people started ringing. I was doing this yesterday. I had one of the most productive days I've had in absolute months. And all of a sudden, there's just this sensation of like, look, I've got to get my work done. Mm. And then at the same time, so I'm finding that's what's occurring. So really, us meeting like this on this podcast is absolutely so beautifully timed its own world. But I'm sure that I can't claim that, nor can you that, you know, we're such omnipotent beings that we knew that we had to meet these two great masters, you know, one from India, one from the UK had to meet and we had on the discourse. Yes, we can play around with that. You know, we can play around with that. And I sometimes do, you know, I, I will joke around in my talks. You know, I, I remember in Glasgow, um, mm-hmm. I used to love playing with the crowd and I would start my talk with the following words. I would say, once again, you are sitting in my divine presence. And I would do it in a perfect Indian accent. So I'd say, once again, you are sitting in my divine presence. And then, so everybody's like, hold on, what's going on here? And it's just another way to just jam the mind. And then I'd go, but just remember, when I speak like this, it's authentic. If you speak like this, it's racist. And that would just really mess up the room. But that's the beauty of this wisdom, because it's constantly highlighting the paradoxes. It's constantly, almost in a sense, silencing the mind. Because what may happen is in that silence, we may see who we are because the mind just wants to, you know, I think, I think in psychology, they say we have 50,000 thoughts a day. So the paradoxical statements and the paradoxes stop things. As they stop things, we may catch a glimpse. That's your awakenings right there. If we mm-hmm. can then not want to hold on to them and realize this is me, I don't need to claim this. I don't need to understand this. I don't need to say to the world, I'm, I'm this or this or this. Mm-hmm. We may find that that awakening completely settles. As it settles, we realize there was no need for anything else. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's happening so much more now I'm seeing in the world. Maybe it's because of, you know, what I'm doing. But yeah. it's incredible. It's such a joy having this conversation. You know, I, I remember my first set of talks in 2008. The average age of, of the crowd was about 60 to 70. And now what I'm mm-hmm. finding is it's a younger crowd. So people are really yeah. looking for this. They, they're going, what's, you know, what's going on? Mm. And they're trying to make sense of everything around them because you live in such a hyper-connected society now. Yeah. It's incredible. You know, had this been 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago, 
you know, I would have had to travel to you or you would have had to travel to me. Mm. It would have been a real arduous journey. And it may have been just to even hear one word. So in that sense, we are spoiled in that sense because we can pick up any book in the world right now and listen to any podcast. It's not maybe just about hyper-connectivity. It's, uh, maybe you have no. realized in your mm. work that there's something mm. happening with the universe itself. Oh, universe yeah, itself gotcha. is kind of waking it's, up in a way. Like a, a lot of people yes. I've seen going through this mental health issues and I'm yes. not saying all of it is this mm. uh, kind of... Mm. satori experiences or these uh, mm. kind mm. of mm. moving towards mm. more awakened self yeah but yes. a lot a lot of them are which they are getting diagnosed and they are getting medication mm. for certain kinds yes. of disorders but they are yes. not actually disorders they are getting through this phase of discomfort yes. which yes. you have yes. when reality be, tra- like tries to become yes. more alive to you yeah reality breaks through kind of thing so yeah. to speak yeah It's it's funny you should say that. I'll, I'll give you a real life example of that. I had a psychiatric nurse who used to come to my talks, mm-hmm. and he goes that um, he committed someone. Um, he committed. He read the guy's symptoms and he committed it. So they put him in, mm-hmm. uh, into an, an asylum and stuff, and he was he was there for a while. And then he goes six months later. I had the very same thing happen to me, and I realized that oh my mm-hmm. god, I just committed someone who's going through something spiritual. But I think this yeah. is where true spirituality has to come to the fore. If we look at the Indian subcontinent there was a time when India was in a sense the light of the world you know you know 25% of world gdp came from india mm. and the reason for that is because we were all living in this natural way of being you know there's a very famous sufi who once stated a reality with no name has now become a name with no reality and it's whether we can go back to this nameless formless place where we don't have to call it advaita or we don't have to call it buddhism or sufism but i think we're seeing that happening because there's a dropping away of that you know the traditional modes of teaching are starting to drop away we're now all questioning i think it was our bollywood film pk in which yeah. there was this like real questioning of hold on is this actually real or not yeah. and i think we're seeing the emergence of, of a much more simpler and innocent spirituality which doesn't need to be labeled as a matter of fact even the term spirituality doesn't need to be there mm. um which then just leaves us with a reality it just leaves us with two guys on a podcast chatting away mm. and if somebody can pick up something from this absolutely wonderful because what was really beautiful about that psychiatric nurse is the first time we met i was having one of those days and um, you know so the first 20 minutes of the talk was really really quite aggressive mm. and he goes 20 minutes into the talk he just knew what was happening and i think this is it i think reality will always offer clues and sometimes mm. it can be in something really simple so you could be walking down the street turn around and smile at someone and that smile could be enough for them to recognize that this is the person i need to speak to but mm-hmm. that's one where this place of real presence but that presence can break through any time i mean there's there's a wonderful book called collision with the infinite that was written by a woman called mm-hmm. Suzanne Segel if you ever get a chance to read this book read this book mm-hmm. um she literally was um a, a woman mm-hmm. going on a bus she she was stepping onto a bus in paris and she split in two and she was observing her physical body moving mm. and i think she went through counseling and everything to try to resolve it all mm. until she realized that she was functioning in this completely enlightened state and um she wrote this book and spoke to people and you know her her work impacted so many people and yet this was someone who for many years because of misdiagnosis and this and her actually thought she was going mad until she realized that she was functioning in this way when she met other people functioning like that and i think 
that's what's so beautiful. There's a saying that says birds of a feather flock together. And I think we're seeing that in the world now that thanks to the internet, people are meeting who normally otherwise wouldn't have met or maybe would have met some other way. And, and that's creating this conversation. I, th I think I, I really loved something you said the other day when you were like, yeah, you know, I'm out with my friends as well, but they think I'm a bit weird because I'm doing this thing. But it's incredible how, you know, I, I always say that, you know, insanity is what's happening out there. Sanity is what's happening here. So the weird people are actually the same people because they're seeing it for what it actually is. But I think it is actually growing. But I think that's also leading to a demystification of this now. And we have to challenge these ideas of impossibility and that maybe it is really just about conversations. I, I just so enjoyed the conversation we had the other day. To me, yeah. that was like, wow, we should have just recorded this and put it off. <laughs> um, but maybe that was it. And this is then just more for the, for the general side of things, really. But yeah, um, it's the conversation. The conversation is beautiful. And then the conversation collapses and there's silence. And, um, you know, the silence is where it's really at. Yeah, Talking about other day, uh, you you said like this uh, Maslow hierarchy of needs. They have oh God, this yeah. needs, uh, yeah. right? The first yeah, is that way, survival yeah. needs, then there is relationship, yeah. then yeah. there is uh, kind of whatever's next, esteem, yeah. self-esteem, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, which is uh -huh. work. I think they mean yeah. by that. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then there is this self-actualization on the top yeah. of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. and. From our previous conversation, if some psychologist or psychiatrist is listening to us, I have this proposal of the new model. You can do some uh -huh. scientific research on that, which yeah. which Zaheer has proposed. Like first, Flip he, it, I, yes. I was thinking, I was thinking yes. about that. I was like, he's saying self-realization should be in the bottom. Okay, yes. but I was like, I have to contribute something into this model. Mm. That I'll not far put self-realization in the bottom. I'll put survival yeah. first. <laughs> First food, no, no, air, no, water. no, 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 always, no, 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 put the, you know, go, go all the way. Realization, so iterate, realization iterate will take on care. this idea for, uh, okay. uh, for a few minutes. Like, why yes, realization on the first, then survival, then relationship, then work, then because it, it, it's the core of everything and it will take care. It, it will, it will take care. And what I mean by that is if we, if, if we look at ancient cultures, the children, I think in the Bedouin culture, you know, the first six, seven years of a child's life was mm -hmm. given, they were given to Bedouins to train those children. And there was a, I believe, a French philosopher called Jean Piaget, who stated, give me the boy, I'll give you the man. I think he was part of the Jesuit movement. And I think what it is, is we, if we go for Maslow's hierarchy of needs the way it's traditionally set up, we are creating limited beings. And then what happens is when they get to that pinnacle of, I now need to become whole with the universe, what happens is most will never attain the goal, so to speak, because of the fact that they're coming from a place of limitedness. Now, an example of that is I have a lot of people who are very successful in the world. And what happens is they reach the pinnacle of their success and they realize that that money, that relationship, that status didn't buy me the happiness I wanted. What they then do is they come into a talk and using that conditioned behavior of attain, 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 attain. And this was something that I remember you were saying the other day. They try to attain spirituality, where in fact spirituality is about letting go. If we start from that base of letting go, if we start from the very core idea, we create much more well-adjusted, whole, complete, courageous, and empowered beings. Because what then happens is we are living from a state of inquiry. And what we find is everything is taken care of. So, for example, when I first started speaking again six, seven years ago, 
I was terrified. I didn't know where I was going to pay my rent. I didn't know how I was going to survive or anything. And yet I found myself in a much more abundant position than when I had been trying to climb the corporate ladder, when I had tried to plot and plan and what have you. In the last six years, I've probably, I've probably done more in my life than I ever did when I was this person trying to do something. So books have been published on I'm running around. And what's incredible is I didn't think I was capable of any of this. But if we start from that place of actualization, actualization then shows us that our limits and our stories and our conditioned thinking isn't actually real. So we're continually then in a space of inquiry. We are continually then pushing our boundaries out. And we're continually seeing that we're more than what we believe ourselves to be. We then realize that survival, status, relationships and everything can occur naturally. So for example, you know, relationships, why are there so many relationship breakdowns? Because we see two people who come together and one has an image and so has the other, and they fall in love with the image. And then what happens when the image slips, they're like, oh my God, you're not that person I fell in love with. However, if we were to come from a place of wholeness, we would recognize the other as ourselves. As we recognize the other as ourselves, a love can occur, which is not you know, dual, but singular. And in that singularity, everything occurs. So if we start off with the singularity, if we start off with the very core of things and build outwards, we can have much more we can have much more empowered lives. <clears throat> However, if we go the other way of, I'll get everything in place and then I'm going to deal with this, what you'll find is your conditioning, your thinking and everything you are having to unlearn, but you've spent an entire life learning. Whereas if we, uh, which is why the educational system- You could have just started from there. Why you have to just- uh, it's, it's, it's a bit like uh, most spiritual approaches will we'll say, mm-hmm. most spiritual approaches will say, you have to learn this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and by the way, you have to learn it all. And that's why <laughs> so many people don't, don't make that final jump because yeah. you've just conditioned this poor disciple mm-hmm. to learn, 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 learn for 15, 20 years. And then you want him to let it all go. But mm-hmm. he has invested time, money, energy. You know, he's suffered. He won't, he'll want a payoff. And this is the thing. This is why a lot of people will come to talks and they'll know everything. But why will they not give it up? Because they cannot accept that the thing that's being sought is as simple as this moment right now. How can it be? I've read countless books. I've gone to countless seminars. I have traveled to other countries. I've listened to podcasts. You can't tell me that it's this simple. Why? Because there's an accumulation. <coughs> and they were asking them to let go. It's alien to them. It's completely alien to them, which is why let's start from a place of let go. Yeah, it's not about addition; it's about negation. <coughs> Subtraction, exactly, exactly. Right. The more there are we, so we, many, we can add on, yeah. yeah, we can add on, but you have to see if that person will then be strong enough to let go of that. You know, so we can use methodology yeah. to add. Yeah, obviously, on, you have to that's add on if you are living in this. World, world to function as a human being, so you have to constantly yes. add on. And as yes. as yes. the world is moving forward in this uh, mm. insane speed, you have to mm. teach yourself how to add on very very fast things. Like, yes, but I, I think, but I think also has to come into places this sense of detachment with those yes. ideas. If you're yes. Yes. so much attached with those ideas, then the world will mm. move to some place else, and you will be just like you will stay behind Uh also those ideas will become the barrier which will not let you see the reality so uh, in this uh, journey of self-realization what i have seen Mm. is like Mm. 
gaining this ability to switch from ideas to ideas and also having this sense of awareness this that when i don't need any idea mm. right now there is no need of any idea i can just we we have to be completely open yes we yeah. have to be completely open it's it's a bit like it's there's a saying which says that uh, we should own our possessions our possessions shouldn't own us but mm-hmm. we can use that in this context and say we should own our ideas our ideas shouldn't own us if we own our ideas we know that we can pick them up and put them down as and when we're then open to then put those ideas down and take on a new set of ideas but because of the fact that this whole idea of coveting and this whole idea of accumulation has occurred mm-hmm. we have we end up naturally being taught how to hold on that's the way we are taught we in to, school right in school you are taught that, to memorize to have to give tests is afterwards yes, so when they come yes, to yes. your seminars they think like they have to memorize and you will ask questions yes. afterwards that you yes, remember what yes. i said about acceptance tell me in three yes. words <laughs> <laughs> and tell me now um i'm not that bad um no you know you know what it is I, that's one of the major barriers our educational system has set up, set us up never to let go Mm. and i think that you know this is why it's such an alien concept and then sometimes with with schools of spirituality there's this huge amount of memorization of religious texts religious mm. techniques then you've got to get up every single morning and you've got to do 20 million meditations before you even start your day and then i'm asking you to give all of that up mm. you've been doing this faithfully for 20 years and i'm saying by the way but with addition if you're going to add you've got to know what you're doing there with that mm. person you've also then be able to a good teacher will know when to ask somebody to actually let go and see whether they will let go as well but then the only way that can happen is if we're present in the moment we have to be absolutely present otherwise everything's off everything's off because really all of this is working energetically it's working energetically because otherwise if we get caught up in the intellectual discussions or we get caught up in the psychological makeup of that person we are then getting caught up in the story mm-hmm. we're then in a mess and it's about seeing past that so sometimes i can have people come to a talk and they will completely tell me one thing but their energy is telling me something else altogether mm. or they'll completely tell me I'm completely wrong and I've no idea what I'm doing and blah 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 I've got one at the moment who's doing that and yet their energy is saying something else altogether the way they act is saying something and but the thing is people will fight they will try to convince you so there's there's a very popular saying that energy never lies So the best place to be is where the energy is because in that energy there's no you there's no me there's just a singularity the singularity is completely innocent it's completely whole mm. and i think when something that's limited meets something that's whole the limitedness the illusion has to go the reflection has to go we're left with what actually is mm. but then that's again going back to the very base in that place where everything starts from which is why flipped up hierarchy of needs the other way around you will find that you're taken care of you will find that you will survive if you think about it you know if you think about it hundreds and hundreds of years ago when the british invaded india and india was 25% of world gdp no doubt there weren't any of these concerns because we were living from this complete place of openness it, all society was like that. it was when we industrialized and industrialization you know probably not such a bad thing try to you know really make things fast and it was all about claiming and holding and this is mine and this is mine and this is mine that's mm-hmm. when we've seen you know that you know we're, we're seeing the problems that we've got the idea of individuality is what's causing all this suffering mm-hmm. and that starts from the fact that we tell people that you need to have your basics in place you've got to do yeah. this you've got to do this 
And what happens then is that idea is propagated generation upon generation upon generation. So mm. somebody who's been taught limitedness all their lives is going to teach their children that as well. This is why, you know, the Indian mystic Jay Krishnamurti established schools towards the end of his life, because it was literally, these children are functioning in a natural way of being. Can we keep them there? And can we keep them there in a way when they go out to the world, they are just wholesome beings who can interact for, you know, it, you know, with the rest of the world from a position of wholeness as opposed to a position of limitedness. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing with this emergence of this spirituality now where people listening now are getting younger and younger, right? I remember, God, I, I didn't talk and a 17-year-old girl turned up. And I said, oh, you know, I bet your mom brought you along. She was like, no, I actually want to hear what you, you've got to say. And I literally said to her, look, if you could dedicate three, four years of your life into some serious inquiry as to who you truly are, and realize who you truly are, and then make your decisions from that place, then I'm sure your life is going to be absolutely fine. Because pe there is a lot more pressure on the younger generation. You know, one of, one of my best talks happened about two years ago, and it was in a room with about, oh God, about 35, 40 university lead students. And mm. there was this one girl, and you know, she, she said something to me, which just stayed with me. She just went, you don't see the pressure that we're under. And it is your generation is under a lot more pressure than, than, than we can even imagine. You know, there's isolation mm. going on. There's, there's an epidemic of loneliness happening amongst the young, which yeah. is absolutely incredible. Is this really happening? And because there's this over-reliance and, you know, on... on we need an epidemic of aloneness. Oh, we, you, you, <laughs> you've got, you've got, you've got, you, you need the unepidemic, but you're going through the epidemic. But it was, <clears throat> this, this talk was it, was, it was so incredible because I learned so much from this talk because yes, there was... Yeah. And yet, even within this talk, yes. even within this young generation, there is a group of people who are emerging who are literally kind of saying, no, hold on, we want to question narrative because we want to know what it is to live from that place mm -hmm. of wholeness, to live from that place of, you know, just this, this, this consciousness, this infinite consciousness, this place of one. Yeah, most um, of my listeners so, are in their 20s. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, that's, that's a, honestly, that's brilliant news. Mm. That's absolutely brilliant news because I remember a time when it was literally you would go to somewhere and somebody would brush off a dusty text that yeah. their guru had given to them when they'd gone to India in 1940. And you'd have that person pouring over the text over and over and over again, still blind to what it was trying to say. Mm. You know, like you said, you know, you read the Tao Te Ching and you took one line and that was it. That was enough. Um, you know, so we are seeing people realizing that the books are pointing towards us. The teachers are pointing towards mm. us. The pointers are pointing towards us. So what are we doing looking outwards? So there is this movement inwards. And I think... I was, you know, I was also be, have been persuaded to read Gita. And the same yes. thing happened in Gita as well. Yes. I just turned yes. first page and yes. it said, the one who has experienced the truth, yes, everything is like, he knows everything. He doesn't yes. Yes. need yes. to read this book. And the one who hasn't experienced yeah. the truth, even it's if he recites this book thousands of times, there is like no value in it. Mm. Yes. Well, uh, there's a so I just kept that even. book aside yeah. and I never picked it yeah. up again. <laughs> there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful saying. It says that um, there's a mo there's a time when we need the books, and mm. then there's a time when the books need us, and it's it's whether we can get to the point where the books need us. We should um, do a podcast on, on, on these paradoxes. <laughs> people, it is I think, I think I've, I've got this funny feeling we probably won't do another one. I had this sneaking suspicion we probably would do another one. But yeah, the yeah. paradoxes are, are really where it's at. So yeah. So my last question. Okay. 
what will be your like because we have this rabbit yeah. hole go, going on and this yeah we've gone everywhere today all yeah. is uh-huh. so vast it's infinite yeah. actually so we'll end up our yeah. whole life will not do any seminars i'll not do any more podcasts <laughs> yes yeah, not do more podcasts keep on talking yeah. talking so i have to come to my uh-huh. last question sure, which course, i want yeah. to ask you far away which is your what will be your message to the world specifically to the person who's listening I'd, i'd first start by saying i'm not important enough to actually give any messages to the world but um if i had to i'd say just be who you are be as authentic as you can possibly be what would you um, say to your own I, younger self um to my younger self i would um god i i wouldn't say anything i would try to be his best friend i think i would try and sit with him and i would try to love him as, as much as possible because i could never have imagined when i started what was going to happen to me and i and i do wish i had someone to talk to i really do wish i had some someone to talk to so my i suppose my message would be talk to people talk mm. to people talk to each other that's so much more important now in this day and age now than anything else because i i know i made so many mistakes so many mistakes on on this journey and if i just had somebody to be able to sit there and to talk to me or to give me company and to really just slow me down that would have been really important um you can always tell when somebody's listening you know and you can always tell when they're not because you can tell by the tone and how people are trying to get on to the next point the next point the next point and i would say stop trying to be obsessed with the next point just sit with this point because what you may find is in one point you might find absolutely everything like you said you know you read the tao te ching and you read the gita and you took one thing and that mm-hmm. one thing unlocked everything for you right. but because we have this you know over reliance on consumption of information mm-hmm. what we what we're doing is we're missing those moments we're really really missing those moments where we could completely be free So it is it's just be gentle with yourselves and and just don't take anything too personally um don't be too hard on yourself and 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 literally yeah just 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 be who you are because the world is going to try to beat you down it's going to try and get you to conform and you know um That's I think a there's book. a quote yeah um, there's a quote in my book I think the first chapter is by Thoreau and he goes you know many many men leave lead lives of quiet desperation do not become those people who lead lives of mm. you know quiet desperation as regards this and core realization and enlightenment it is a possibility and it is your birthright mm. and it is something that you should just accept as opposed to believing that it's some sort of you know impossible event that's going to happen and i just wish you the best on your journey wherever you are and i think that's all i really want to say about that really amazing i think this is the right place to end this yeah. conversation Perfect. speaking of your book and your work where they can find you where they can um if you some, go on to my yeah. website fallingintothemystery.com um mm-hmm. funny enough um and literally there are writings on there there are my events um the books are there as well um and literally it's where you can contact me as well so if you want to further on the conversation please feel free to contact me um but pretty much that's a great place to start because all my links to social media are there as well um so my facebook instagram um twitter and, and what have you so yeah you can you can follow me on there as well um and yeah just yeah just join the conversation and uh, we can see where it goes yeah amazing thank you so much for coming on the thank show thank you so much. today i thank really you as well enjoyed this me. conversation and i 
really believe in what you are doing and if you need you. me uh, like in any way if i can be of service just thank let you. me know uh, i'm here thank you like just likewise, a message away perfect likewise same here same if you need me in any way shape or form please do and and, and again thank you so much um for having me on the podcast and and I think it would be completely remiss of me not to to mention M at this point and say thank you M for for making yeah. that connection thank as you. well. So yes, thank you <laughs> so, so much. Thank you. Yeah. So until next time, stay strong, stay stubborn, and keep climbing. There is no end. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>